Um, hope everybody's week has been good. Uh, my week has been pretty busy. Um, Jesse had to work this week, so I had to do the work online by myself, which was lame because uh, she got home, she's wiped out. I'm like, dude, let's do something. And she's like, no. I'm like, oh. So, so uh, it was uh, pretty hard, but it's been, it's been really good. Um, like Jesse says, I've been mowing the lawn at Kristen Emmerich's house. I've been really excited to mow their lawn because they have a rod and lawn mower and they have like a two acre property. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like, D -d -d -d. it then goes like four miles per hour. So it's slow, slow as anything, but it's a lot faster than pushing. Um, though Chris told me, he's like, hey, I don't want you using my riding lawnmower um, on the ditch. And I'm like, are you serious? His ditch is like from that wall to like the door over there. And I'm like, I got to use your push lawnmower. And he's like, yep. I'm like, ah. so, so it's, it's been pretty fun. Um, and I'm actually really excited to, uh, to speak today. I really feel like God is, uh, um, has really uh, spoken to me about this. And, um, I don't think it's any, I don't think it's a coincidence that, uh, Brother Jesse Ritchie was here. Um, I think that he was a sort of like an enzyme or a catalyst to start what what God has what God is doing here in Mexico, and I'm really excited uh, to be a part of this. Uh, I remember two weeks ago, Brother Jesse Ritchie was here with his with his wife uh, Jesse. His wife's name was Rodalyn, right? Yeah. Yes, Rodalyn. Thank you. I was I was calling her Rodell, and it was on accident. I promise. I did. I didn't remember her name. But uh, she, they came here, and they did. They did a. They, it was just fantastic. Um, we were here Saturday, uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and I mean, people were getting touched left and right. So that was amazing. And then Gonzo spoke last week, just kind of piggyback, uh, piggybacking off of what. Um, uh, Brother Jesse was talking about, and that was what exercising our faith. Remember the little generator that he had? Um, he had the light bulb, and he was talking about how when we exercise our faith, it's like cranking that light bulb and getting that electricity to run through. And then you saw the light turn on. Um, and then Gonzo was piggybacking off of that. He was talking about the building blocks of our faith. And if you guys remember, it was prayer fasting, worship, and action. Now, I also want to kind of piggyback off of what they were talking about because, like I said, I don't think it's a coincidence with what uh, Jesse Ritchie, Brother Jesse Ritchie, was talking about and uh, just uh, him speaking into people's lives, or rather God speaking into people's lives. I mean, we saw, it was awesome. I know I got touched. I got, he prayed over me and, um, uh, I really felt like there was a lot of breakthrough. I know he prayed over uh, Jesse, um, saying that baby was ready or whatever he said, saying that, you know, that we could, or the time, I guess, was good. I know he spoke to, you know, to Sally. He spoke directly to her, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it was just powerful to see, you know, the many people that he spoke to. Um, Amy. You know, he spoke directly into her life. Uh, Donna and Joe, you know, uh, you know, so it was great to see 
uh, God's God moving. We had Brother Vernon and Gonzo get healing, correct? Healing of their back. And Brad ran across the room, you know, so with his shoes off. And I thought I would have never seen that. But boy, he took he took off running like like a champ. So we got to we were we were able to kind of just, you know, scratch the surface with that. And then Gonzo came bringing that word of how we how we build up our faith on an everyday. You know what we do. We pray. Uh, we fast, uh, we worship, um, and then there's that action of doing instead of just hearing the word. You do the word. Remember how he said um, that we need to be doers of the word and not just hearers. Now with all that being said, what happens when that emotional and spiritual high kind of dissipates? What happens when you go home and you realize you still have your problems when you go home and you still realize that you have no food on the table when you go home and realize that there's still bills that need to get paid and that you're not going to be able to pay them this month what happens? and I believe this is another facet of what these guys were talking about Brother Richie and Gonzo is that this is where you and I come into play this is where kind of we need each other in this life. You know, I believe that God didn't create us to be in isolation. I believe God created us for a relationship. You know, I believe that God created me to need you and you to need me in certain times. Um, so, and I'll give you a little example of this. Um, I don't know, uh, some of you guys may remember this. Um, but I spoke about this a couple last year, I believe it was. But the time that um, Jesse and I experienced our first miscarriage, um, it was a it was a horrendous time. Um, it was one that I do not wish anyone to experience. Um, I remember a few. I remember a few t when we first got the news that uh, um, that our that she miscarried. Um, I remember the first thought was this sucks and then I just shut down uh, both Jesse and I kind of shut down um, you know you're like well, well, what do you mean shut down I'm talking about everything emotionally uh, physically spiritually I just I didn't want to feel um, I didn't want to think um, I remember a few times, uh, and this was probably about a, a week's worth of time. And you're like, well, that's pretty hard not to, not to think of any thought. I promise you, there was not a single thought in my mind. Um, I remember during this week, uh, just no thought in my mind. And Jesse would ask me, hey, how you doing? You know, just to kind of check up on me. Um, and, I, and, you know, what are you thinking about me? Nothing. Not thinking about anything because I honestly wasn't thinking about anything. I just kind of wanted to sit there and not do anything. No moving, no talking. And, uh, you know, I, I could remember just us being there sitting on the couch, you know, and you could hear, you know, the hum of the lights or you could hear the, um, the, the vibration of the wall on the picture frame that rattles, just that tiny bit of rattling. You could hear that. I could hear that because I didn't want to think. Um, but Chris and Emmerich played such a pivotal role um, 
in our recovery. Um, I remember uh, when they got the news, they uh, they called us, "Hey, how you doing?" And we're like, "Okay, I guess." I don't, I don't know what, what else to say. You know, it's the first time we've experienced death um, with you know it's, you know on a, such a personal um, scale, and uh, they're just like, "All right, we're coming over." They would come over, or we'd come over there to their house, and uh, I think the one thing that probably, uh, well, their prayers, um, obviously also, and God just being amazing and not wanting us to stay there, um, obviously helped us. Um, but I really feel like one thing that really saved us was them just sitting with us and not talking. Um, just, hey, we're coming over. We'll hang out with you. If you guys want to cry, we'll be here. If you guys don't want to speak, we'll be here. If you guys want to laugh, we'll be here. And they just, them just sitting. And I remember a few times that Jesse and I did that. And um, we'd hang out at their house and just hour, two hours, three hours. And they played such a pivotal role in our recovery. You see, don't get me wrong. The people who were praying for us, you know, I thank you for praying for us. Um, you know, but I think they would, they would like family members, you know, would call and they're like, God has a plan. And we're like, we know God has a plan. We know God has a plan. But what I want you to do is sit with me. What I want you to do is hold me, you know. What I want you to do is walk with me. Don't spit stuff out just because you think that's what I want to hear. You know, I need someone. You know, and Jesse needs someone. Um, and, 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 and we needed Chris and Emmerich. Um, like I said, I don't think God created us to be in isolation. I don't think God created us. Yes, some people are introverts, and some people like being alone. But I think deep down inside, everyone craves to be with someone. Everyone desires that, hey, what's up, Gonzo? Hey, what's up, Joe? Hey, what's up, you know, Cynthia or Mike or Brad? They desire that to know that they're not the only ones here. Um, and, and, and that was an example of us kind of, well, us definitely needing someone. Now, it's twofold, you know. It's uh, we need people, but also people need us, you know. It's not, it's not always kind of like, a, I need you, 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 I need you. But it's kind of like, a, it's almost, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a mutual relationship. As you give, and you're also giving, or you're also, you know, receiving um, and I believe that's one thing that we don't see very much. Why? Because people have drama. You know people, you know, I, I, you don't even probably need to think very hard of that one person that you know that, that that's a friend that has so much drama, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> that you don't want to even be a part of their life. You know, you're like, nah. Not even touching that with a ten foot pole. They need to stay where they're at. I'm gonna stay here and I'm not even gonna worry about it. But the fact of the matter is that we are always 
going to be involved in people's lives. Like with us, we needed people. And Chris and Emmerich, since they were, you know, three miles away, they were the closest people to us. And and it was the thing that kind of, that helped us through. You know, we are going to have to get our hands dirty sometimes if we want to or if we don't want to. It's just a part of that relationship that I'm talking about. You see, Gonzo and I, Gonzo, I remember Gonzo, <laughs> When, uh, when, when, when he knew, or when we found out we were moving over here, I was super excited to, to hang out with Gonzo because he was like, I'm going to teach you how to play the saxophone. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then we move over here and then we find out he had moved like six months before. <laughs> I'm like, you got to be joking me. The guy who I was going to hang out with probably the most going to teach me how to play the saxophone. I'm going to serenade my wife. You know, she's going to be like, oh, my husband's amazing. You know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, play some, play some sweet Kenny G to her, you know, and, and just, it was going to be awesome. And then he moves. And then I'm like, what the, you know, what's going on here? And then he doesn't move back till three years later. And is now is when we're in each other's life. You know, now is when I know some of his issues. Now he knows some of my issues. Now we're in the mud together saying, hey, you know, like brother, you know, like Jesse Ritchie said, when you exercise your faith, you know, you're removing some of those boulders off of that mountain. You're getting the help. But it's also really nice to know that somebody also is helping you take those boulders off of that mountain. You know, it's also really nice to know that, hey, somebody else knows the issues that you're having. You know, it's it, you don't necessarily need to tell them, you know, you don't need to be in, I guess if you want to, you can be an open book, you know, but it's really nice to know that somebody knows what you're struggling with and can help you out. It's, uh, it really stinks when you're struggling with something and nobody knows about it. You know, the weather, you know, we, we, could, we could name some of the big elephants, you know, whether it's pornography, whether it's drug addiction. You know, whether it's abuse in, 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 in the home, you know, um, whether your children, you know, are wilding out, you know, and they're doing their thing and you're praying for them, you know, and, and, and you know, it's, it's nice to know that somebody's there with you walking through this. And uh, I remember speaking with a friend uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, week or two, something like that ago, um, maybe a little longer, uh, when we were eating pizza, and, uh, excuse me, um, we are at Godfather's, excuse me, and uh, we had been there 20 to 25, 30 minutes, and then we see a family come in, um, and I don't pay no mind to them, and then I see a lady and I'm, I guess a mother and a daughter are about to cashier. And I'm assuming the younger one, the daughter, I'm assuming it's the daughter, tweaking out like a champ. She was doing the whole bit. You know, you could see that she was clearly on drugs. Um, I remember speaking to this person, and, and he's like, you see, that's, that, that's why I don't really like Poplar Bluff. You know, it's, uh, you see it almost every day. 
you know, and you just don't want to be a part of people's lives because you don't want to get into that drama. You don't want to help people. You know, and I started thinking of this verse. Um, so if you guys would go ahead and open up your Bibles to Matthew 25, verses 34 through 40. And uh, we'll wait a few seconds. Somebody's there? Thumbs up? Yes. Um, we'll go ahead and we'll start on uh, verse verse 34. Let me figure out where verse 34 is on this one. Okay. Um, it says, Then the king will say to those on his right, My father has blessed you. Come and receive the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world was created. When I was hungry... You gave me something to eat. And when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. And when I was naked, you gave me clothes to wear. When I was sick, you took care of me. And when I was in jail, you visited me. Verse 37. And the ones, uh, then the ones who please the Lord will ask, When did we give you something to eat or drink? When did we welcome you as a stranger? Or give you clothes to wear, visit you while you were in jail, or visit you uh, while you were sick or in jail. The king will answer, whenever you did it for any of my people, no matter how unimportant they seem, you did it to me. And I started thinking about these verses, and then I started thinking about the fact that we are always going to be in people's lives. We are always going to be in people's lives. And whether or not you think that these people are worth your time, it even says it right here. It's awesome. It doesn't say anything about having to solve people's issues. It says, you know, you visited me um, in jail. You visited me when I was sick. You gave me something to drink when I was thirsty. You gave me something to eat when I was hungry. You clothed me when I was naked. You see, when I started thinking about that, I was like, man, that's that, there's two there's two time there I guess two kinds or two types of people I believe that this is speaking to. I believe it's speaking to one to strangers. You're gonna be doing that to people you don't know, but you're also gonna be doing that to people that are in your lives. You see, whether we thought that that one girl tweaking out was the least important that's whatever. You know, whether we're like, I don't even want to deal with that drama. There's people in our lives that we're going to have to deal with it. It's just, it's just simple, you know, whether you want to be dragged into something or not, you know, you know, God forbid that were to happen and somebody just drag you in because you're next to them, you know, but I believe that we're going to have to help people. Why? Because we have people helping us too. Like in our situation, we'll go right back to that. You know, we needed somebody and probably in the darkest time of our life. You know, when you could not think or have any thought um, or not care what time you wake up, whether you eat, you know, whether you drink something, you know, uh, that's a pretty dark time. You know, whether, uh, you know, you and God have conversation, you know, that's a pretty dark time. You know, and, and I'll be the first one to admit, that was me. I didn't want to talk to God. I didn't, I didn't, 
I, I, uh, I believe God was real. Um, and I knew God was sovereign. Um, and I didn't think God, you know, was like, I'm punishing you. I didn't think, I, what I honestly thought was, there's sin in the world, you know, and sometimes bad things happen. So I wasn't blaming God saying, oh, you took my baby. No, I just didn't want to speak. I didn't care who it was. You see, we needed people. And as people need us, you know, right now we are, we are, uh, I don't want to say blessed because we're definitely not blessed for this because we, Jesse and I, don't have any kind of marriage counseling. Uh, like, like we're, we're not therapists. We're not, we're not counselors in any form, shape. Uh, we don't get paid. Um, I'm fine. I finally have a job. You know, Jesse, Jesse's a school teacher. Um, you know, so it's we are not like like a. a um, we, we, thank you. We're not qualified for what we are, for what we're dealing with right now. And what we're dealing with is that there we have uh, friends in different states that are going through some marriage issues. Some <coughs> on the brink of divorce. I'm like, dude, I'm 27 years old. My wife is 27 years old. We've only been married five years. Yes, we've had some pretty good fights. We've had some pretty good verbal arguments, but I'm not qualified to talk to someone about their marriage that has, that they that they're 40, 50, 60 years old, you know, or right around our age, you know. Uh, we don't. We're just understanding what it is to live with two jacked up people in the same house. We are finally understanding what it is that, you know, or, or I'm finally understanding how it is that Jesse likes, you know, like how Jesse ticks. You know, and Jesse's finally understanding how I tick. Last night we got into an argument. I was poking her and I thought it was hilarious. And she just blew up on me and I'm like, what is your deal? She's like, I hate when you do that. I hate when you poke me. But I'm like, you were laughing. How was I supposed to know you hate that? And she's like, it's just the calm before the storm. You don't bother me like that. You know? And, and I'm like, dude, you are crazy. Stop. You see, we are not qualified for something to that extreme. We have people, hey, can we come over to your house? You know, I, I, my wife and I are having an argument and I can't see her way and she can't see my way. I'm like, come on by, you know, we'll fix some, uh, you know, popcorn and I guess we could go watch a movie, you know, rent a DVD, you know, oh, I don't know what to do, my friend, <laughs> you know, but what they ask. But what they tell us is, I don't want to feel like you need to entertain me. I don't want to put up a show for you to make it seem like everything is okay. I just want you to sit with me. I just want you to talk with me. I just want you to pray with me. And dude, it is, it is hard, you know. <laughs> you know, you pray, God speak through me. But what do you pray for? You know, 
you're just like, Lord, not my will be done, but your will, because you don't want to say something, you know, that one will, you know, will, will hurt these people's feelings, but you don't also want to say something that you think these people want to hear. You know, you know, people just want you to sit. And I think that's what we're learning, is that, you know, yes, we're not qualified by no means, but like with Chris and Emmerich, uh, Emmerich, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to be telling this, so forgive me, Chris and Emmerich. Emmerich had a uh, Emmerich had a miscarriage before Rachel, so she understood what it is to have death, you know, to have death inside of her. She understood what that feeling is like. My mom. My mom had a miscarriage too. My mom, I think, had two or three miscarriages before me. She understood what it is to have death inside of her. And all they wanted to do was just love on us. You know, we don't, we don't understand what it is. I mean, we do understand what it is for two people that are as messed up as we are, working towards being better we understand what it is to have that together you know she's very headstrong at times I'm very headstrong so we understand what it is to have fights what we don't understand at times is what it is to be at such a place you just don't want to hear each other and you just want to be separated and I'm like you know God if you choose to use us if you choose to have us sit here and listen, like Chris and Emmerich sat here. And all right. I mean, speak to us. And, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it, I don't, I don't know if, how you could measure it from such small, small, um, uh, increments or, or times. But we're praying for these people when they're not, when, when they're not, we're not speaking with them. You know, we're lifting them up. And I believe that we serve a God that is real. Um, well, since, since Jesse Ritchie has been here, I believe that when we speak and we believe that the God who created this world is sent the Holy Spirit and He lives within us, I believe that we have that same power. I'm not saying that we're going to speak things into existence and go like this with our fingers and there's a bird. No, I'm not talking about that. But what I am talking about is that when you have that faith to believe that yes you're going through a hard time but I'm going to stand up with you and we're going to get through this yes you struggle with pornography but hey we're going to get through this we're going to deal with this issue we're going to go ahead and we're going to take this thing on together yes you're in an abusive relationship maybe you need to get some help but I'm going to walk with you through this yes you struggle with depression but I'm going to walk with you through this um, and it even goes along with the fact um, uh, of our enemies you know our enemy doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who's going up against us well technically I guess that's what an enemy is but um, the people who have so much drama you're like no you know you know you're going down that shopping aisle and they're coming out and you're like Boop. and you're like no nope, I'm gonna go over to the meat do you need me nope I have two months worth of meat but I'm gonna hang out here because I don't want to see her face I don't want to see his face you know, are you going to be that person 
That is their blessing. I'm like, our challenge, our challenge is what? Pray for your enemies. Pray blessing for your enemies. Are you going to pray blessing? Or are you going to be that blessing? And don't get me wrong. It's hard. There's plenty of people that I'm like, nope. nope. I'm not even going to deal with you. I don't want to deal with you. But the fact of the matter is that we will. And that there's going to be times where we have no choice but to kind of, you know, alright, listen, you're a mess. I'm a mess. Let's do this together. Um, I want to go ahead and uh, I think I'll go ahead and, I, and I'll close with this. Um, like I said earlier, I really don't think um, that God intended us to be in isolation. Um, you know, look at Moses. Moses had Aaron. Moses had Joshua. Um, look at Jesus. Jesus had his 12 disciples. Um, look at that one guy that was paralyzed and his buddies ripped the roof off of the house so that they could lower his friend in so that Jesus could heal him. And I want to go ahead and end with this story. Um, so I hope I don't butcher it. Um, if Brother Vernon listens to it on podcasts or, you know, forgive me if I have butchered it. Um, but I remember a couple, uh, Brother Vernon, he, he wasn't here, I think, two weeks ago uh, or a week ago because he went on this conference. Uh, he went to this conference and uh, he... Uh, he really was believing like God, like God was leading him to this, and he'd wanted to go, and he wanted his friend to come too. Excuse me, his friend was having some back issues, and you know, just to the point where you know, I guess you know, medicine wasn't doing much of anything, um, just in a lot of pain, um, and his friend wanted to come too. So his friend told him, "Hey, when they when they're up over here." You know, in Missouri, I think St. Louis, or wherever it was, take me. I want to go. And Brother Vernon had been feeling like God had been prompting him because it was right around the corner uh, for him for this this conference. And um, so when this thing came out, he went with his friend, you know, and he was feeling like, yes, you know, I'm supposed to do this. Yes, you know, I believe that God can heal this guy. Um, so Vernon goes ahead and he calls the church where this thing is being held at um, and the lady receptionist picks up and Brother Vernon just the great man that he is you know hey you know I'm just calling to inquire about it I'm just calling to see if you know if it's possible that we can come also and be a part of this you know because we really feel like God um, I really feel like God is telling me that I need to be a part of this and the lady says no the lady's like no we, you know, tonight is only going to be the guy who's preaching is only going to be ministering, I guess, to the leaders, you know, to some of the, some other people. Um, and, and I remember him saying, you know, he just, he stopped talking. There was a little bit of silence. And uh, uh, I remember him saying that he felt God was calling him to do this. He felt God was leading him. And he's like, God... I know and I believe that you are telling me to go to this, but I'm not going to go against these people if they said no. 
I remember him saying, uh, him talking to the lady and was like, listen, I am calling in the same faith that those friends had when they ripped that roof off and they lowered their buddy down so that Jesus could heal him. I am calling in that same faith. Can we please come? The lady stopped talking. She was like, you know, I feel that you're supposed to be here. I feel like God is saying that you need to be here. And they came. They went to this thing. And Brother Vernon said that his buddy got healed. No more pain. You know, and, 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 and just how God did some great things in his life. But also in his friend's life. Are you going to be that person that is so involved in somebody's life? No matter how you know messed up they are or how messed up you think they are, are you going to be that person that has that faith to say, Hey, I know you're in a bad place, but I serve a God who is real. I serve a God who can get you out of this depression because your daughter died. Uh, I know a God who can who can uh, uh, lift you up out of this, you know, uh, just just the water that you feel surrounding you because you can't pay bills. I believe that the God who I serve is real enough um, to bring you out of drug addiction and to break diseases and to heal you of cancer, even though you can't, or e even if it's not even that. I know we're both a mess, but I know and I serve a God who is real that can help us both. Let's pray.